You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Hold on. Yep, now I am. All right, looking good. It is an area which we call the Trend Zone. It is December 20th, Wednesday. And we're coming at you from Los Angeles, California. And it is a cloudy and rainy 63 degrees out there. Stormwatch 2023, bro. How do we survive? Drive safely. In today's episode, we'll talk about some more fantastic finishes, a couple more teams that are in and out of the playoffs, some spring league activity, and all the awesome games coming up in the upcoming week here. But before we get to all that, let's get things started with the tasty nug for the people. What you got, Casey? Yeah, just like Santa, I got some tasty nugs in my sack, Dave. (laughs) Four teams last week. Had the game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime. That was week 15. Carolina, game-winning field goal as time expired. Cincy, with that insane T. Higgins touchdown. Wow. Uh, Scrooge, the Vikings. Cleveland, part of our hair, y'all. (laughs) Game-winning field goal, 34 seconds left. And Houston did not have a problem beating the Oilers or the Titans or whatever you want to call them with the field goal, no time remaining in overtime. And day four teams overcame a deficit of 10 or more points to win. We're talking about the Bengals, 14 down, the Texans, 13 down, the Colts, 13 down, and those Brownies, 10 points down, all came back to win. Double digit lead, you're still not safe, my friend. That's the NFL we know and love, man. Those are some tasty nugs. Definitely. Thank you, Casey. Folks, the Trend Zone now available on uh, for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Moving along, Casey, to the top trending stories. Um, some, uh, well, I guess uh, some bad news for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Keaton Mitchell goes down with the ACL um, Sunday night against those Ravens. He was just running and kind of hyperextended his leg. And you knew what it was, right? When you saw it, kind of a non-contact just landed on it. Weird. Unfortunately, uh, Keaton's done for the rest of the year. He was having a great rookie campaign, really added an element that both uh, Gus Edwards and uh, Justice uh, Hill don't have. That means uh, opportunity, though, for Melvin Gordon, former Charger. He's been signed to the active roster. So um, it's been brutal for these running backs for the Ravens the last couple of seasons. Started out with J.K. Dobbins and now moving through these guys. Um, but that's a place they have tremendous depth, and it's they're going to need it moving forward. Yeah, and he was a difference maker. That speed was evident, uh, especially when he kind of cut it outside. He could really mm-hmm. suddenly make people look like they had the wrong angle just because he was that much faster. Yeah. Another tough thing is, is when it's this late in the season, that yeah. means it's going to be tough for him to get things going uh, next year. We'll see how that works out for him. Good luck, uh, Keaton. Um, all right, Casey, the Spring League, which we love because we love football all year long. Um, uh, the uh, The Spring League has some news for us. Yeah, and uh, the XFL and the USFL, they're going to merge. So gone are the generals, 
the breakers, the maulers and the stars. <laughs> and it's still TBD on which franchises from the XFL will be going away. The Arlington Renegades coached by Bob Stoops are the champions there. The Birmingham Stallions from the USFL will be there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the teams, what happens with the roster numbers, and then what kind of rules uh, are going to govern this league. We saw last year there was a kind of a big difference in the XFL's presentation and the USFL with the extra point stuff, you know, one yeah, point, that was two point, to three point, no yeah. kicker, kickoffs. So it'll be very interesting to see um, what they go with there. Both kind of different products, but we loved them both. Yeah. What we need a farm league for the NFL. We saw what Magoo could do there, getting some reps. A lot of players uh, on the Cowboys alone, Brandon Aubrey and, uh, you know, Cavante Turpin, these were players in the USFL contributing to the Dallas Cowboys here. So obviously the spring league is great um, for pro football. We need it. Yeah. We need more developing of it. coaches, developing referees for crying out loud, developing linemen. Uh, you name it. it across the board. It's extremely beneficial. Uh, and now the really the player pool kind of doubles here. If they're still going to stick with just eight teams, there isn't really a definitive number that they've come up with, but we're assuming it's going to be uh, four uh, from each, you know, kind of merging together and giving us a new eight, uh, which would uh, definitely increase the player pool uh, compared to, to like battling with each other for uh, those different people to, to play. And the other good thing about this, they're pushing that start back a little bit. XFL started right after the Super Bowl last year. Needed to pump the brakes just a little bit, give us a little bit of time, get that hunger going. This will be late March. Uh, the timing is going to go well. Uh, Olympics this summer, too. So um, Yeah, and it'll go perfect. into June in all likelihood there, the, the beginning of June conceivably for the playoffs and championship games. And for me, there's a, you know, when after everything settles after the NFL season, then it gets to be a little bit, you know, that there's a, a long spell in there, you know? So I think this will yeah. help fill that, fill that void rather than just rushing right to the next league as, you know, and we're, we're still, uh, you know, swimming in the aftermath of the, the NFL Cowboys season. first, uh, Super Bowl win in almost 30 years. Is that what you're exactly. talking about? Dave? Let yeah. us soak it in. Soak yeah. it in, baby. <laughs> you got that on your list there, Santa right. Cowboy. All right, Casey, the NFL has come down with the hammer. Yeah. On, uh, one of these players here. Yeah, DeMonte KZ, um, former Cowboy, uh, current Pittsburgh Steeler, um, was ejected immediately for the hit on Michael Pittman. I wasn't aware that this guy had a history of that. We're usually pretty on top of this. We know about um, what's-his-face from Denver that had a repeated issue, Jackson, yeah. with, you know, over and over. I don't know that KZ had a history with that, but the NFL saw that hit and was like, that's it for the rest of the season. I don't know if the Players Association – is going to appeal this or not, but this is kind of came out of left field. I felt like, yeah, just this, I mean, the severity of the suspension itself, the hit itself did look pretty nasty right and it merited yeah. an objection at, at, at the scene of the crime there. But yeah, like you said, without a previous track record, uh, you would think that there would be some kind of an escalating punishment mm -hmm. system rather than, Hey, you're out for the year. Um, so We'll probably get more information as yeah. that, uh, as and I assume that, that the appeal will take place. Yeah, I think so. All right, Casey, moving along to the um, playoff scenarios. A handful of teams have clinched, as we know, and a handful of teams have an opportunity to clinch this weekend. Yeah, and that started in the AFC. The Ravens are in. 
have a huge game coming up we're going to talk about, but they can clinch the North with a win and a Cleveland loss or a tie and a Cleveland loss. Um, Cleveland has a bunch of opportunities to get into the playoffs. They're almost there. Um, too many scenarios to go through, but just win, baby. Yeah. As Al Davis would say, the Chiefs, um, they can clinch this weekend. They can also get their eighth uh, AFC West title. The Dolphins can clinch the East with some different shenanigans there. Probably going to, well, hopefully they don't clinch this weekend because it's either a tie or a win. Yeah, so let's go ahead and hold off on the Dolphins. But we expect (laughs) the teams there to get in. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, no doubt. And the NFC, Casey, you just handled the AFC fours nicely. The NFC has got some teams that have clinched and as as well, uh, some teams that are knocking on the door. Yeah, dude, only four spots left. The Niners, the Cowboys, the Eagles, they're all in. Detroit can clinch the uh, the North this week. All they have to do is win. So they're probably going to be in the playoffs there. The uh, 49ers, they can clinch the one seed with some work. Hopefully that does not happen because that would mean the Cowboys have lost. So those four uh, or the three wild card spots, it's going to take a while to sort all that yeah. menace out. Well, I guess that, yeah, because the Cowboys or the Eagles will have one of those, whoever doesn't win the East. But as we've seen with the upcoming games this week that we're going to get into, Ooh. these are basically playoff games that we're going into the last month of yeah. the season. There's have so many really teams good... in both conferences log jammed right yeah. around 500, basically, and vying for a couple of spots, uh, a couple of wild card spots. It's, it's pretty awesome uh, heading into this stretch of the season here. Like you said, so many de facto playoff games, Casey. As exciting as all that is, though, there's a little disappointment to spread around for some of these teams, unfortunately. Mm. I would pour this out if we we're outside, but we're in the studio, so I can't. But we're going to pour one out for the Durs. That's the Washington Commandos. If you're just joining the show, Arizona, the Titans, and the Jets. They join the Panthers and the Patriots in death. They are officially on the clock. Mm. R.I.P. Uh, our condolences uh, to uh, those uh, players and fans uh, of those squads. I cannot believe my Chargers are not on that list. I cannot imagine the mathematical wizardry <laughs> that it would take to find out how the Chargers uh, would find a way in uh, into the playoffs with five wins. Okay, moving along to the <laughs> The main part of the show that everyone tunes in for, Casey, it is the game previews. And man, like you said, do we have a lot of great games heading into week 16, man. Wait, what did you say? Yeah, going right into week 16 here. It's fantastic. Week 16? Week 16, sure. It's slipping away. (laughs) Yes, it is. Three weeks left. Are you kidding me? flying and the nfl has done us a lot of uh, favors in the next couple of uh weeks here with giving us a game here another special game here another time slot over there so the uh, family loves it yeah, I know. The family family it's gonna be just overjoyed <laughs> as we're trying to sneak in all this playoff uh type of football here with the uh nfl stretch here uh heading heading into this final stretch it's it's some fantastic matchups that we're going to get into casey but let's go ahead and get it started with Thursday night football. Yeah, it's a tasty game, baby. The New Orleans Saints are at our Los Angeles Rams. Rams are four-point favorites at home. And Dave, a rematch of the 2018 NFC Championship. Woo! 
tied in the fourth quarter at 20. One of the worst non-calls in the history of football. Rams defensive back Nickel Roby Coleman smashed into Tommy Lee Lewis, not the drummer of Motley Crue, not the actor, <laughs> um, but a clear and blatant P.I. would have yeah. given the Saints a first down and allowed them to run the clock out uh, to down to nothing and kick the game-winning field goal. Instead, it stopped the clock, leaving the Rams enough time to tie the game in regulation and eventually win that bad boy in overtime to go to the Super Bowl. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, brutal, brutal indeed, Casey. All right, well, let me get it going here uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, both these teams sitting at seven and seven. So again, like essentially a de facto playoff game for you cannot afford to let these wins go. The Rams have won four of five games after beating Washington last week, 28 to 20. Their only loss in that span two weeks ago in an overtime loss to Baltimore. Otherwise the Rams have been playing great football and at seven and seven, they're currently the seven seed winning the tiebreaker in a pack of four, seven and seven teams fighting for that wild card spot. Stafford has been on an absolute tear since getting back from the injury. And that uh, that has this Rams team really believing that they can not only make the playoffs, but that they can make some noise when they get there. No one is going to want to play There's this Rams team the way they've been playing football. They can really move the ball. Stafford last week, 258, two touchdowns. Cup, eight uh, for 111 and a touchdown. Kyron Williams, insane lately, 27 for 152 and a touchdown and a 5.6 yard average for Kyron. Add to that, the guys like Puka Nakua and the emergence of Demarcus Robinson lately. This offense is absolutely loaded with playmakers. Yeah, dude, you mentioned it. The Saints are also one of the five, seven, and seven teams in the NFC. Currently the nine seed on the outside looking in, but they've won two in a row. And it's probably going to have to be five in a row if the Saints want to reach the postseason. Wow. Good news is the Rams are one of the teams that the Saints do need to catch. And it's two divisional games left after this Rams game at Tampa, and then they host the ATL. If they do win out, they're in and will host a playoff game. Controlling your own destiny, dude. What more could you want? Oh, maybe getting Chris Olave back for this one. That's pretty nice. This is a huge game, dude. Playoff implications galore. No doubt about it. Okay, Case, move it along to Saturday NFL football. And we have got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. It's going to be a good football game. Yeah, dude. And I'm vibing this Bengals team, and I am buying the Jake Browning experience. He is playing outstanding football, 76 completion percentage in four starts. That's the second, high com second highest completion percentage. Bah, sorry. Tongue tied. I'm getting too excited about the experience by a quarterback in their first four career starts since all oh, back in 1950. The who days, baby, they've won three in a row, but are still looking for their first AFC North victory. They lose all the tiebreakers with all three of the teams in their division. Yeah. So they have to be in front of at least Pittsburgh to get into the playoffs. So this is for the most part, a must win. It's definitely a must win, especially because they go to the Chiefs next week and then host the Browns in week 18. They won't have Jamar Chase in this one, and they won't also have the defensive nose tackle, DJ Reader, who is a huge part of what that defense was doing He's well. He's huge, literally. Oh, yeah, 300-plus, <laughs> easy. But this team keeps defying the odds, so why not keep it going? I love the way they're playing. 
I love that running game. Um, and I love what Jake Browning is doing, man. And Pittsburgh, a little bit different story, Dave, a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, um, Pittsburgh currently the 10 seed. They've lost four of the last five and three straight losing the Cardinals Patriots. And last week to the Colts 30 to 13 with Kenny Pickett out and Trubisky really struggling. They move on to Mason Rudolph for his first start of the season. We'll see if he can provide a spark as the offense has been completely inept all season. The team has yet to score 30 points in a single game this season and has finished with less than 20 points nine times. They are minus 57 in the points differential. Minus 57 Ooh, for ouch. a team with a decent record, right? The stats on both sides, not good. Uh, the key to their early season success, the defense does not give up a lot of points. Uh, ranking tied for ninth at 20 points per game. And 21 takeaways and a plus seven turnover differential has really aided them. Timely turnovers have really helped. But it seems like the Steelers team is all out of last second miracles and their flaws are being exposed. These teams have been headed in different directions, as you mentioned, for the last three weeks in particular. And that seems likely to continue. Oh, just a side note. Will George Pickens block? No, Dave, he doesn't want to get rolled up, man. Yeah, yeah, it is dangerous out there. Yeah, he might be finding himself off these Pittsburgh Steelers soon. That doesn't sound very Steeler-esque, does it? No, uh-uh. Especially when you see all the comp videos out there of what Heinz Ward used to do in the blocking Ooh. game from a receiver. It's probably making guys like that sick to their damn stomachs. Ugh, no question. Uh. All right, Dave, hopefully this one doesn't make anybody sick to their stomach, but Too we late. have... <laughs> The Buffalo Bills at Los Angeles Chargers. The Bills are 13 and a half point favorites, Dave. And Dave, it puts this game on the peacock or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> this game is exclusively streaming on Peacock. Goodbye, horses. Yeah, I'm afraid this one's going to get some pretty bad viewership numbers, especially putting it on that uh, one off uh, on the Peacock like that. But let me get into it. The Chargers coming off, perhaps if anyone saw the last game, <laughs> they're not going to want to watch the next one. The Chargers coming off perhaps their worst loss in franchise history, historic blowout to the division rival Raiders. It was 42 to nothing at half and ended up 63 to 21. If you stuck around, the Chargers actually did put points on the board. Probably most people didn't see that part of the game. That result led to the firing of head coach Brandon Staley and GM Tom Telesco, uh, both of whom are good guys who I like, uh, but the results-oriented element of this business demanded change. Giff Smith, the outside linebackers coach, will be interim head coach Justin Herbert out for the season, so it'll be Easton Stick in his second start. And after a disastrous first half uh, last week, he was able to put together, like I said, three touchdown drives. So uh, the Bills are fresh off a dominant performance with a decisive win over the Cowboys, 31 to 10. And that puts him at eight and six in a four-way tie. How dare you? I'm sorry. I said the word dominant like that because <laughs> it was a three touchdown win over your Cowboys. That puts him at eight and six in a four-way tie for the last wild card spot. They currently lose the tiebreakers and are the nine seed. The Bills got a ground game going last week in a big way with James Cook running for 179 yards and a touchdown, a 7.2-yard average. And add to that, receiving two catches for 42 yards and a touchdown uh, for Cook. Uh, Josh Allen had modest numbers because there was really no reason to pass as the run was working so well. This game should be another dominant win for the Bills. Hopefully the Chargers will play enough 
to make a game of it for a little while. Yeah, dude. Um, we need to see these bills in the playoffs, man. I find yeah. them more exciting than a lot of those fringe teams. The bills handle this the right way and some things go their way. They could still end up AFC East champs when all is said and done. So they feel like they're putting it together right now. And I don't, they cannot stumble against these chargers. I don't think they will, but yeah. Hey man, we've seen some crazy stuff this season already. So yeah. The any given Sunday theory. Uh Oh, it's not a Sunday. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, moving it on to the early Christmas Eve slot here, Casey. Uh, we have got the Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons at home are favored by one. Yeah, the Colts are four and one in their last five, and they are one of four, eight, and six teams in the AFC. They're currently the seventh seed. Falcons back to back NFC South losses, including a brutal loss to the Panthers last oh, week. They've dropped from the four seed to the 10 seed, and now. Uh, four seven and seven teams in front of them, including the Saints, who they play in week 18. These Falcons probably have to go three and oh to have any chance to make a postseason run. Artie Smith going with Taylor Heineke to try to jumpstart that run to the playoffs might be just a little too late, though, for those Falcons. They need to fly, not run. Yeah, no doubt. And that was a devastating mistake by Desmond Ritter late in that game. That really put them in this position to have to go to Heineke. Yeah, just brutal, brutal. All right, Dave, this one, uh, not really a playoff game. Well, maybe for one, we got the Green Bay Packers at the Carolina Panthers, and those Packers are five-point favorites on the road. Yeah, the Packers had won three in a row and, are, and seemingly were making a strong playoff push. Uh, but now they've lost two in a row, losing to the Giants a couple of weeks ago and then last week to the Bucks. Their record now stands at six and eight, and they've dropped out of the playoffs, are currently the 11 seed. Although they couldn't run the ball last week, gaining just 60 yards on the ground, Jordan Love and the Packers receivers had a pretty good game. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the Packers defense was absolutely shredded by Baker Mayfield, giving up 381, four touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating. The Pack have got it get it together ASAP or their season will end in disappointment. The remaining schedule after Carolina is Minnesota, Chicago. So um, they got to find a way to put some W's on the board here and especially this one, right? Yeah. The Panthers, they got their second win of the season last week due to the chagrin of bears fans who hold the Panthers draft pick, which is still the top pick in the draft with three games left. It was a nine to seven win over the Falcons who desperately needed to win to stay in the playoff hunts. But the Panthers capitalize, as I mentioned, on that costly Ritter mistake to steal that game. Up next, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. So uh, they'll likely struggle and, to, and probably secure that number one pick for the Bears. The Pack likely to rebound here and notch another W this week, keeping their playoff hopes alive a little bit longer. Yeah, it might just be too late for the Pack. They really could not afford to drop that Giants game, and they definitely couldn't afford to drop that Bucks game. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, you have a little room to lose a couple of games you maybe shouldn't have, but once you're trying to play catch up. Yeah, they got in a hole early in the season, and that's where they're at right now. They needed to stash away a couple of W's in that first month or month or two, maybe, you know. Yeah. All right, up next, yeah, up next, the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Browns on the road favored by two in this one. Yeah, dude, these Texans, one of five, eight, and six teams 
but they are currently on the outside of the playoffs at the eight seed, a huge win over the, uh, the Titans last week. And they did it with no CJ Stroud. They're going to be with him, uh, without him again this week. Um, Case Keenum, solid, you know, uh, very capable. He's been around this league a bunch, played with a lot of different teams. He's seen a lot out there, had the Minneapolis miracle a few years ago with those Vikings. So this is definitely a quality backup. Um, one of the best in league, if you ask me. If they can get another 170 scrimmage yards from Denver and Singletary, 121 rush and 49 receiving yards, that would be huge. Noah Brown also has really stepped up in the absence of Tank Dell. Um, this D'Amico Ryan's defense, 38 sacks and 20 takeaways. They're going nice. to need more of that this week. They host the Titans and then finish week 18 at the Colts. Three wins gets this Texans team into the postseason. Anything short of that will drop them into the chaos that is the bottom of that AFC um, playoff picture. Handle your business. Tough, yeah. tough though. Very tough. Yeah, and it's going to be tough this week. The Browns have now won two straight and two of three with Joe Flacco at quarterback, last beating the Bears 20-17 to 17 to bring their record to 9-5. and five. That is the five seed. Flacco has not only provided stability at, at the quarterback, uh, but he's putting up some impressive stats too. Last week, he went 28 uh, completions for 374 and two wow. touchdowns. Cooper, 109 yards in a TD catch, and David Njoku, a career-high 10 catches, 104 yards and a touchdown. On defense, the Browns lead the NFL in yards given up and pass defense. So it's going to be pretty tough to beat this defense. The Flacco, along with that very good defense, these Browns could be making a legitimate playoff run. Unfortunately, the Browns have lost their top three offensive tackles, but they do get running back Jerome Ford back um, for this one. So after Houston, it's the New York Jets and at Cincinnati. So it's kind of feeling like, at nine and five, they're in great shape right now to make mm. the playoffs. Solid QB play, a great defense, and a top 10 ranked running game is a proven formula for playoff success. Uh, this Houston offense could be a very good test for the Browns defense, but if Stroud can't play, that would be huge. Although you mentioned Keenum is very serviceable. A win here could all but lock up the playoffs for the Browns. And you got to really give it up to Stefanski and that Cleveland organization as terrible as the deal they gave to Deshaun Watson. They lose him. Flacco's not on this roster at the beginning of the season. They lose yep. Nick Chubb early on. They lose those tackles. And they're ahead of all these teams and just like a win or two away from the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Joe Flacco is a very calming and good uh, addition to that team. Sure get is. a former Super Bowl MVP at quarterback. That's that's pretty good to get late in the season, no matter how old he Some is. Some have called him elite, Casey. Yeah, yeah, he's Joe Cool, baby. <laughs> All right, Dave, we got a big one coming up in the NFC North. The Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings, and the Lions are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, how about these Vikings? Since their midseason five-game winning streak, the Vikings have lost three of the last four losing that heartbreaker last week, 27-24 in overtime to the Bengals after they were out in front. I'd seen like, like four minutes after something, let that thing get away. At 7-7, seven and seven, they hold the sixth seed as they win the four-team tiebreaker there. After losing Cousins, it was Josh Dobbs gave him a couple wins, but then after the Dobbs magic wore off and he started struggling, they move on to Nick Mullins. 
Mullins got a win in relief of Dobbs in his first uh, and in his first start last season, uh, last week, rather. He played pretty well. 26 of 33 for 303 and two touchdowns, but with two picks. Uh, it felt like he played well enough to win the game, uh, but the defense didn't hold up their end of the bargain and finish off that game. Uh, Ty Chandler, too, was running amok. We talked about this. Why why go away from this guy with a career high 157 yards and a touchdown last week? He was killing it. Yeah. And Jordan Addison had six uh, for 111 and two touchdowns. So put up plenty of great numbers. Uh, and it just for some reason, they let it slip away uh, at the end of the game. Justin Jefferson, when will he be back? Uh, we don't know. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, they finished the season at Green Bay and at Detroit, and they do need to find a couple W's. Yeah, I got to put that on O'Connell on third and fourth doing a QB sneak instead of giving that ball to Ty Chandler. He yeah. was dominating that game, dude. I trust him to get a yard, give him two He's chances. He's a running back. Yeah, come on. Just, I don't know. Sometimes these coaches try to get too cute. This might cost the Vikings a chance at the playoffs, especially because, yeah. man, these Lions bounce back. Last week with an emphatic win over the Broncos. And as good as the offense was, I was more impressed with the defense, specifically how that defensive line absolutely dominated the Broncos up front, man. They sure were did. killing them every which way. They pressured uh, Russell Wilson on 51% of his dropbacks. That's uh, a league leading fifth time that they've done that at over 50%, this Lions front. So they are getting after quarterbacks and it actually seemed like it was worse than 50 percent. they were smothering russ yeah hitting him all over the place dude more domination though from this lions offense too sam laporta three touchdowns last week but here's why these lions can be a very dangerous team in the postseason over 50 percent of their rushes on first down go for four or more yards dude yeah that leads the nfl yeah so, that puts you in front of the chains it's just so nice to face that second and four so then you show him play action, Jared Goff, 59 completions of 20 plus yards. That's good for third in the NFL. They also have the second most touchdowns outside of the red zone. All those things work together. That shows yeah. me what they're doing. Everything is a team, man. It's all encompassing. So um, they might be the most well-balanced team besides the 49ers in the NFL. And when all those things are clicking, the Lions are a problem, dude. They still have an outside chance at the one seed. Probably no worse than the three seed at Dallas next week. And then, like you said, they host the Vikings week 18. This Ooh. Lions team feels to me different than Lions teams in the past. We'll see, though. Oh, yeah. They'll bite your kneecaps. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next, Casey, the Washington Commanders are at the New York Jets. The Jets are favored by three in this one. Hey, the Jets are favored by three. All right. Now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> oh, what does that say about the opponent, dude? Such high hopes for both of these teams going into the season. The Durs currently with the fourth pick in the upcoming draft. Maybe shopping for a new quarterback. Most likely shopping for a new coach. The Jets are one of five, five and five and nine teams and currently have the seventh overall pick. Their plan was to have a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers lead the team this season. Their plan is now to have a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers coming off an Achilles tear to lead this team next season. Lots of uncertainty around both of these teams. I don't know if anybody wants to win this game or not because we're looking at draft capital. Yeah, at this point, 
better better if if you take a loss in this one unless you are of course trying to hold on to your job from one of these one of these franchises and i think Salah is going to be safe uh considering yeah. the injury to aaron Rodgers. i think that just buys him a year yeah robot run probably not so much uh, nah, maybe not all right, Dave, up next we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans, and the Hawks are three-point favorites on the road. Yes, and the Seahawks had lost four straight to the Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, and 49ers. So, I mean, tough games, but yeah. nonetheless, losing four straight, uh, again, before getting a huge win on Monday Night Football, beating the Eagles 20-17 on a late go-ahead TD drive led by Drew, Bla uh, Drew Locke, excuse me, that put the yeah, right shooting laser beams, right? That put the Seahawks at seven and seven in a four-way tie for the last two wild card spots. They currently lose the tiebreaker and are the eight seed outside of the playoffs, making this a de facto playoff game. Geno Smith, who had been playing really well and missed the last two games with that groin injury, uh, but he was healthy enough to be active for last week's game, and it looks like he's a full go for this game. So that's good news. Gino back in the action there. And if something were to happen, they know, hey, Drew Locke has shown that he he can get it done too. Titans came up short last week, losing to Houston in overtime by a score of 19 to 16 to drop to five and nine. And as a result, are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, mm -hmm. as we mentioned earlier. Adding injury to insult. The, in overtime, the rookie quarterback, Will Levis, got his leg pinned under a Texas defender, taking his seventh sack of the game. Apparently not as bad as it looked, though, um, and they're hoping it, it won't even keep him out of the action this week. I know it looked pretty bad initially. Yeah. Uh, more snaps uh, that he gets, the better, just for his overall development heading into next year. He's fun to watch, and we need to see him get those snaps, take those steps forward, get through the, the mistakes and stuff. Um that uh, this team is likely to have a top 10 pick in the draft too. So maybe pair him up with somebody next year, uh, try and try, try and build around him. Yeah. Seahawks, man, they're fighting for their Seahawk and life out there. I don't know if you saw the uh, video of Pete Carroll's post game locker room speech. It was pretty awesome. It's hard to think of that dude as the oldest coach in the league. Yeah. <laughs> but he's spry, baby. Pete still nice. got it. <laughs> all right let's All right. move it into the late slot casey for christmas oh, eve oh yeah we got the uh, jacksonville shagwires baby at the tampa bay bucks and those bucks are one point favorites at home yeah and these jags uh they uh, have lost three in a row the bengals browns and then losing to the ravens last week so again some tough teams but uh, losing those football games at eight and six. They're still in first place in the AFC South and they are the four seed, but that lead is now based on them winning the tiebreakers as both Indy and Houston have caught up to the Jags and all three teams are now eight and six. Trevor Lawrence, despite the high ankle sprain, didn't miss any time and has played well. His primary targets, Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram have also played very well of late. And Travis Etienne has proven to be the consistent threat, both running and receiving. He's eighth in yards from scrimmage right now with 1,248 yards and nine touchdowns. Overall, Jacksonville offensively is pretty good, but they're just 26th in rushing the football. And the defense is decent for versus the run. Excellent on third down, raking sixth. But they're not as good at defending the pass ranking just 29th. That could be an issue 
this week facing Baker Mayfield from what he considering what he was able to do last week. Good news. If the Jags uh, upcoming schedule is very winnable, they after this, they have Carolina and then at Tennessee teams that are likely to not put up too much of a fight for them. But uh, winning this one would certainly be uh the way they want to go. Let's not mess around with this thing, Jackson, Jacksonville. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence got still in the concussion protocol. If it's right. C.J. Beathard in this game instead of T-Law. That would be a huge, huge difference, wouldn't it? Yeah, but let me give these Bucks a little love, dude. They have won three in a row and have worked their way into first place in the NFC South. Baker Mayfield has been outstanding, dude, and he was almost perfect last week, 22-28. That's almost 79%, 381, four touchdowns, zero INTs, 158.3 passer rating. That was also good enough for NFC Player of the Week. Rashad White, dude, looking for his fourth in a row with a TD and his fifth in a row with 100-plus scrimmage yards, man. There's no uh, coincidence that Baker playing like that and uh, White playing like that, that these guys uh, are undefeated in December. The Bucs can actually lose this game and still be okay, but why not keep this heater going? They're tied with the Saints, but on the head-to-head and host those Saints next week before a Week 18 game at Carolina. If Baker wakes up in January feeling dangerous, these Bucs could be a very tough outcome playoff time, dude. The way they're playing, it's pretty damn good football, and the offense is starting to click. Um, that's not going to be a walk in the park that the uh, these Bucks were last week with Tom Brady kind of on his way out in the playoffs. You're going to have to go down there and beat these guys if you want to get that dub. Yeah, I mean the way they're playing offense right now, they're they're going to be a fight for anybody. Mm-hmm. All right, up next it is the Arizona Cardinals at the Chicago Bears, and the Bears at home are favored by four and a half. Yeah, both these teams have shown signs of life lately, but as of now, the Bears have the first and fifth pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, and the Cards cards have the third pick. Both teams need to find out if they need to draft a quarterback. This game should help towards finding an answer to that question. Dave, both teams cannot afford to win this game. (laughs) It's as simple as that. (laughs) All right, good. Way to handle business, Casey. Moving on to a huge game. Across the conferences here, it is your Dallas Cowboys at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are at home, favored by a point and a half in this one. And it is a battle between the two highest scoring teams in the league. So look for fireworks. Should be a shootout. Yeah, Dallas is going to need more than the 10 points they had last week. But, you know, not a lot went right for the Cowboys in Buffalo. But the thing that had me worried most is that run defense. You mentioned James Cook, dude. 179 yards, 7.2 per carry as the team rushed for 266 yards. The Bills had 20 first downs via the run, man. They were also averaging almost seven yards per play on first down. Second three, pretty manageable, kind of opens everything up. That's a scary proposition. If the Cowboys don't get that fixed, their playoff run will be short-lived. They got down so early last week that they were forced to go into pass mode. And with the weather and that Bills pass rush, this game just got away very quickly. I think that maybe they had been so focused the week before on beating that Philly team that they weren't up for this game. And uh, they also had the flu running through. A bunch of players were sick, traveling the cold, um, found out early in the day that they were in the playoffs. 
I don't know if that cut the mental edge or not, but they didn't seem to be playing with any edge last week. And in my opinion, dude, these bills are much better than the record. The good news, though, for the Cowboys, there is still a path to winning the NFC East and hosting a playoff game. It starts with the boys being huge Tommy Cutlet fans down the stretch. Hey, come on. (laughs) What are you talking about, Dave? Come on. (laughs) You're going to give me more Dolphins love? Uh, yeah, you just sure. used to me going about 10, 15 minutes. Was, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the defense. Hanging. All right. Let's move it on to this Dolphin squad. Why not? They have won four of the last five. Last last week, shutting out the Jets 30 to nothing. They were the top seed in the AFC for just one week before losing two weeks ago to the Titans. And at 10 and four, they are currently the two seed, a game behind Baltimore and a game ahead of Kansas City for that two seed. They still have a two-game lead in the division over Buffalo, but if they want to earn that number one seed uh, and the bye, they will likely need to win out uh, and have Baltimore also take a loss along the way. After Dallas, the schedule is very tough. It's Baltimore uh, at Baltimore and Buffalo, so they do have their destiny in front of them playing at Baltimore, so... Uh, and then they'd have to finish business with the Bills. Um, as far as the narrative goes that the Dolphins can't beat good teams, Mike McDaniel said, with all due respect, F off, with all due respect. They will uh, have a chance to prove they can beat good teams in the next three weeks, obviously. Uh, and uh, the Dolphins do lead the NFL in total offense and in scoring offense. And even with Tyreek Hill missing last week, he still leads the NFL in receiving yards with 1542 and 12 touchdowns. Uh, He could still easily achieve his goal of 2000 yards. Uh, He just has to average just under 153 yards a game for the remaining three. If he's good to go, the dolphins were still very productive last week to a 21 of 24. That's almost it's 87 and a half percent. I mean, he's very efficient for 224 and a touchdown. Waddle picked up the slack. He had eight catches for a season high, 142 yards in a TD, and Mostert had two rushing touchdowns there. Dolphins' defense was productive too, though. Um, how about linebacker Bradley Chubb had three sacks, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery last week. He now has nine and a half sacks on this season. In a league-high six forced fumbles. So this game will test the Dolphins on both sides of the football and also, obviously, their ability to beat a good team. Yeah, all that stuff happened. It was the Jets, Dave. Come on. <laughs> it was the Jets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easy stuff. Okay. Oh, and we thought we were getting a Christmas present. I don't know. Not so much. We have the New England Patriots at the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos are seven-point favorites. Yeah, thanks a lot. Now on Christmas Eve, I'm going to have to be watching a football game because I'm a nut like that. I can't skip this thing, Casey. It is, um, yeah. Let's talk the Pats, though, first. It's having their worst season in a long, long time, entering this game with a record of 3-11 and uh, after losing 27-17 to to Kansas City. That record would give them the second pick in the draft uh, if it started today. QB, again, an obvious need, and there are lots of prospects in this year's draft. Since Mac Jones is benching, it's been Bailey Zappi for a handful of weeks. Uh, there have been good moments, but not enough. And the Pats are, oh, excuse me, that are negative eight in the turnover differential. Ramondre Stevenson remains questionable. And up next on the schedule, after Denver, it's Buffalo and then the Jets. So they could certainly secure a very high draft pick. 
How about the Broncos? Since starting the season one and five, the Broncos have won, had won five in a row, but have since lost two of the last three, getting blown out 42 to 17 last week by the Lions. They're currently the 11 seed and need to string together some wins to give themselves a chance to make the playoffs. Creating turnovers was critical during the Broncos' resurgence. Um, and they're tied for third in the league with 24 takeaways, and they're plus five in the turnover differential. But the, it seems like the turnover luck has kind of run its course maybe for them a little bit. It seems the last handful of weeks um, it has, and the Broncos have struggled as a result. Russell, better watch what he does or says, or he'll likely receive another vicious reprimand from uh, Coach Wannabe Parcells. This Broncos team will likely get a win this weekend versus a bad Patriots team, but will it really matter in the big picture? They finish off with the Chargers and the Raiders, so running the playoff, running the table and sneaking into the playoffs is a legitimate possibility. Yeah, that's about the only good that can come out of this game, or the bad depends who you ask. Let's go ahead and talk some more AFC West, Dave. It's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Raiders had lost. Or 10-point yeah. favorites. Chiefs, 10-point favorites. Well, that's not even that many points, is it? The Raiders uh, had lost three straight until annihilating the Chargers 63-21, to setting a franchise record for points scored in the game. The onslaught was fueled by five turnovers that resulted Oof. in 35 points. Uh, two TDs scored by the defense uh, as well. Hardly a formula for future success. But it was a solid win and a strong statement for interim head coach uh, Antonio Pierce's quest to earn the head coaching job on a permanent basis. More compelling case would be if the Raiders can beat the Chiefs team that has struggled to find consistency on offense. Is there a chance for a 6-8 and eight Raiders squad, currently the 12 seed, to get another win and maybe make an unlikely playoff run? A roaring sea of red in Kansas City stands before them. Can they overcome the odds? Highly doubtful, Dave, because isn't it so Chiefs-like that when the Chiefs are struggling, they still have their 11th straight winning season and can clinch their 8th straight AFC West title? Yeah. I like it's, to struggle like that once in a while. Yeah. But that being said, it does feel a little different this year. They aren't yeah. showing us those epic Chief moments that we're used to. They're not dominating as they have the last few years. And it seems like they have to work for everything when stuff just kind of fell into their lap. That's not seeming to be the case this year. And more often than not, there's a lack of attention to detail and the execution of the little things has not only been missing, it's been very costly. We've seen it over and over. It's like a yeah. reoccurring theme with this team this year. And that's unfortunate because their defense has been outstanding, dude. Number four in total D number five in past D third in scoring at 17 and a half per game. And they've needed every bit of that as the team is minus eight in the turnover ratio. When have you seen that from this chiefs team? It just doesn't happen, dude. Yeah. That being said, there's about 28 teams that would kill to have chief problems, but even so there's going to be bad blood if they can't shake it off. Dave, those are Taylor Swift songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right over the head there, Casey. And and I'm a huge fan, as you know, I'm the ultimate. Swift. You're a Swifty. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We know. So all right. Up next, the New York, the New York Giants are at the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles are favored by 12 in this one, Casey. Yeah, the Eagles have dropped three in a row, and that's coming off the heels of squeaking out three wins. 
This team is desperate. They should have plenty enough to beat the Giants. But as we know, the NFL is on crazy pills. These Giants had been playing pretty well until last week. They must get Saquon going early because that Giants O-line has allowed 76 sacks in just 14 games. That could make for a long day for Tommy Cutlets. And until last week, the Giants defense had created 12 turnovers in their three-game win streak. Hurts now leads the league in turnovers. Maybe they can, you know, find a little love fest right there. Giants not officially dead, and they play the Eagles twice in the next three weeks. Can they muster up enough NFC East hate to pull off the upset? As Mo Green found out, Dave, don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. <laughs> All right. Well, go Tommy Ketz. Let's see how it goes. He's going to have to beat the Eagles twice for that long shot to make the playoffs there, right? All I right. just need him to beat him once, baby. Come yeah, on. Right. Here's one twice will be nice, but once is enough. All right, Casey, let's talk about this next game. It's a big, big football game. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners are at home playing uh, great football, both these teams. Niners are favored by five and a half at home. The 11-3 and three Ravens and the 11-3 and three 49ers on Christmas night. It'll be uh, a rare opportunity, Casey, uh, the first time in 30 seasons that the two teams tied for the best record in the league play Week 16 or later that year, Casey, the Cowboys and Giants were both 11 and four when they met in the regular season finale. Not really sure what happened at the end of that season, though. I don't know. We have any historians in the building. Might have been your Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Come on now. <laughs> Let me talk about uh, these Ravens. This is not only a potential Super Bowl preview, it's also a rematch of the Blackout Bowl, or what some call Super Bowl 47, had that hot, hot Harbaugh oh. on Harbaugh action, where current Brown and former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco threw three touchdowns for the Ravens, in addition to a 108-yard kickoff return for a touchdown by who some would call Jacoby Jones. <laughs> All of it led to a 34-31 Ravens championship that sent Ray Lewis off into the sunset and straight into the Hall of Fame. You mentioned how good these teams are. Both of them currently the one seed in their respective conferences, and both have QBs putting together MVP seasons. Lamar is rewriting the record books and redefining the way the quarterback position is played. But unless you have a super freak athlete like Lamar, his rewrite is uniquely his own. He's thriving in this Todd Munkin offense. Last week versus the Jags, the Ravens, only 47 first half rushing yards. In the second half, 204, completely taking the game over. Even though Jackson only needs nine rush yards for his fifth straight season with 750 or more rush yards, dude. Wow. He's also making plays with his arms. Just a sick throw to Isaiah, uh, likely last week. And likely, dude, since Andrews went down, he's looking for his third game in a row with at least five catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Rookie Zay Flowers leads this team in receiving. Ravens, also the number one rush team, the number four scoring team. And defensively, maybe even better than that offense, dude. 50 sacks, 21 takeaways, the number one scoring defense, giving up just 16 points a game. Lamar needs to be special, though, in this game, 
and he usually is on Monday night. 15 TDs, zero interceptions, a 118.2 passer rating, and six career starts on Monday night. And Lamar is 19-3 and versus NFC teams, but this 49ers team is pretty damn special too, and they might just be the best team in the NFL, Dave. We're getting a sweet, sweet Christmas presents. Broncos, Patriots, not so much. Ravens, 49ers, we did something right, baby. I think these teams are special. (laughs) Special. (laughs) The 49ers, as you mentioned, appear to be the team to beat in the NFL. They are stocked at every position on both sides of the ball. Coming off another impressive win, 45-29 to over the Cardinals. uh, That got them to the top seed uh, in the NFC with that 11-3 and record there. They have clinched the NFC West division title, and their net points are plus 191, best in the league. MVP favorite QB Brock Purdy leads the NFL in TD passes with 29, passer rating at 119, and ranks second in pass yards with almost 3,800. He has six games with 130-plus rating this season, tied for most in a season in NFL history. His 13 career games with 110-plus rating are tied for second most by a player in his first two seasons all-time. Presumptive runner-up at MVP, Christian McCaffrey, had 187 scrimmage yards and three TDs last week. He leads the NFL in scrimmage yards with 1,800-plus yards and rush yards with almost 1,300. And he ranks tied for first in scrimmage TDs with 20. So wide receiver Debo Samuel, he had two TDs last week. Throw in Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. And this group on offense are a nightmare for defensive coordinators. Oh, and they're really good on defense, too, ranking third versus the run, second in points given up at less than 17 a game. And it really feels like uh, this top seed in the NFC, uh, and th- they are Super Bowl bound, it feels like to me. It's Is it too early to crown them, Casey? Too soon to crown them? Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But I'm not crowning them. <laughs> okay. And I think this team, though, you have to knock them off in order to get to the Super Bowl. It seems like Super Bowl is going to go through uh, San Francisco on the NFC side for sure. Yeah, it feels that way. And this uh, game will be a, a good barometer of that. Um, they have a chance to bully the Niners if they can. We just haven't seen it happen. Yep. My stroking scenario is the Niners lose this game and then they lose week 18. We run the table. The Eagles lose the game to the Giants. Cowboys number one seed in the NFC. Beautiful. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds hey, that's easy. That's easy stuff right there. Right. <laughs> easy stuff. All right, folks. So many ways you can check out football dudes. Trenzo now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to the Football Dudes YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holidays, etc., etc. For Casey, I am Dave. We are out of here.